0: What what just happened? There's been another murder. Found her last night. This one of your missing persons? That could be. She's late teens, maybe early 20s. She's not missing anymore. What do you make of this? Ever tried to saw a bone with a flat blade? Say someone tried to remove her head. Any connection to the Jane Doe? When are you going to admit there's somebody taking these girls? It's not a first time. He's done it before. He'll do it again. I can't get these off hey Eight girls in the last two years. There's not one lead except her. Cindy Paulson. She got away. Why don't you just start at the beginning?
1: He brought me to his place. He told it he's dead. <laughs> it was. It
0: was more of a dungeon. Why isn't this guy on our list? Oh, hey, Bobby. Hey, Al, good morning. Hansen's an upstanding citizen. I have testimony from a witness who is a a prostitute that refused a polygraph. It's a dead end. She's not your problem. She's not our kid. Well, she's someone's. We're looking for a white male, early 40s, history of sexual assault and avid hunter. That's Hansen. I need physical evidence. We're reopening the case. This guy did it, and they let him get away with it. Oh, my God. He's going to dump it all. Did you panic when you killed them? Yeah. You had their blood all over your hands. I didn't do that. I need mean, yeah. more. Or he's going to walk. But I'm going to see if you have the guts to be honest. Oh, you think you can threaten me? me. Mom, you, you don't, don't have, me. have any idea I I promise nothing's going to happen to you. Look, he's going to take me. Help me, please. Have you seen her? Have you seen this girl? He won't stop and we know who he is the gun. Have you ever seen anybody do anything like this before?
2: Hi, welcome to horror versus reality. I'm your host as always Anastasia. Morgan is with me as per usual, that I always say that also. Uh hi Morgan.
1: <laughs> hi Anna. We need a new intro.
2: Um uh, yeah. Guys, tell me something to say at the beginning. I don't know, write in. Yeah, right in. I'll say it within reason. Let's not get offensive here. I'll say whatever. We'll see how yeah. it goes. <laughs> yeah. Just
1: give us some uh, suggestions. Yeah.
2: Morgan and Anna here. Hi. <laughs> Reporting in as usual. <laughs>
1: We're live right now with just us two, and it's not live at all.
2: Well, us talking right now is live, but when you're listening to it, no, obviously. (laughs) Not live. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Anyway, I'm recording in the kitchen of the house that I'm house-sitting at, so there are slightly better acoustics and definitely less noise than my home. Yeah, it sounds really good. Good. Excellent. That's what I like to hear Morgan. <laughs> <what I> <laughs> all right so today's episode is the frozen ground from 2013 versus robert hansen that's right we are back to another serial killer we can't get enough of them really they're just they lend themselves to movies a little more than one murdered us kind of so they're gonna happen serial killers are gonna happen <laughs> yeah always always unfortunately so morgan you like this movie yeah yeah okay i did
1: not re-watch it
2: no uh, well i sort of did i kind of fell asleep but we've both seen it multiple times before so you're in safe hands okay yeah <laughs> uh yes yeah. so this was directed by scott walker this was actually his first film i think actually really his yes. first film. It's the first movie that he directed.
1: Wow, with, like, big names like that?
2: Yeah. I've, yeah, I mean, if you've been doing other work and then you get hired on by a studio, then the studio is what pulls the names, not the director. I see, I see. Yeah. So he's, like, only done a couple of other things. Like, he directed something called The Tank, which... Oh, my
1: I God, think, that's my favorite movie.
2: I don't even think it's come out yet, to be I'm honest. Just <laughs> I mean I know. And then just like a short film called Ordens Forest in 2005. So like he hasn't done a lot? No. No, yeah. Yeah, he's not done all that much. Yeah. So he's super interesting. There you go. <laughs> Director Scott Walker, everybody. So, but let's let's, you know, there's a big, there's some big names to touch on, namely Nicholas Cage Let's talk about Nicolas Cage. I don't really think, like, I need to super explain in detail Nick Cage, the man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) But we're going to go into it, you know, a little bit for journalistic integrity. So, yeah, he's an American actor who's part of the Coppola family of actors, which includes, like, the director, Francis Ford Coppola, director Sofia Coppola, and uh, Talia uh shriver shriver yeah she do you know who i'm talking about (laughs) talia shriver
1: yeah yeah i think so
2: she's adrian and rocky adrian yeah so that's his that's his aunt nick cage's aunt
1: oh yeah i knew came from like a really famous family i don't
2: yeah jason schwartzman people yeah jason schwartzman is his cousin
1: yeah they're but it's all fucking really they're all related yeah
2: well that family is. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> There's lots of acting families in Hollywood. That's no secret. Uh, but yeah, Nick uh, Cage has had a career that spanned like 40 years at this point from movies like you know Raising Arizona and he's not a you know he's done indie films he's done mainstream films he's done terrible shameless cash grab films he's done Academy Award nominated films and cult films the man is not afraid to do bad movies to dig himself out of debt and I respect him for that (laughs) But, I mean, he's also actually a good actor, you know? He has starred in some comic... Did he star in the comically bad remake of The Wicker Man? Yes, yes he did. (laughs) But he also had an absolutely wicked acid trip of a chainsaw fight in Mandy. So, you know, there's good. You take the good, you take the bad. There you have the facts of life. (laughs) But yeah, you know, you just kind of have to figure out what kind of Nick Cage is right for you and then watch those films. There's a Nick Cage performance for you. Maybe you like comedy, like absurdist comedy. So maybe you want to watch the Coen brothers Raising Arizona. Maybe you like huge action blockbusters. So you should go watch Con Air or National Treasure. You know, maybe you're a horror buff and you like Mandy or Mom and Dad or The Color Out of Space, which is a bunch of stuff he's done recently. I'm a big fan of that side of Nick Cage.
1: Yeah, or you could do what Andrew and I do. We have a, we have a date night where we pick out a Nicolas Cage movie and we call it Raging Cajun. So we cook Cajun food and watch a Nicolas Cage
2: movie. I love that you two do that. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> that's That's adorable. And I might start doing that tomorrow. Without him knowing that that's what's happening,
1: raging Cajun night, well, just like I... curry curry night with Tim Curry movies and eating. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, here's the thing I cook Cajun a lot because of where we grew up. So, like, that's just Cajun food is just a part of the rotation for us. Yeah. So that happens like, it, like we have red beans and rice like several times a month. I'm We're making going. it tonight. Nice. Yeah. Love red beans and rice. Uh, Also dirty rice, all that gumbo, all of it. Um, Fuck yeah. Fucking love Cajun food. Yeah, so we eat Cajun a lot, so... And I watch. Yeah. I, I watch movies all the time too. So I mean, I could literally just throw on a random Nick Cage flick and cook what Cajun like usual, and he would be none the wiser.
1: Yeah, and rage in Cajun. Last <laughs> time we uh, made shrimp. I think yeah, it was shrimp étouffée, and
2: we watched Face Off. <laughs> oh my god! Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you? Okay, you know that part of Face Off where they like. Touch the the whole face to like know it's, it's the right person.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous.
2: Mark, Mark, and I sometimes. Like, do that to each other? Like, oh, then, oh it's you. Oh, it's you.
1: <laughs> I like when they take the bandages off, and you're like, what's gonna happen? Is he gonna look like a freak in nature? And it's like, no, they just, same. No, he's,
2: <laughs> he just looks like John Travolta now. That's, yeah. that's all it is. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's, that movie is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but also, don't sleep on his foodie drama, Pig, because he fucking shines like a diamond in that film. That is a good... Did you actually watch it? Yeah. Now. I think you sent it to me, didn't you? I did. I sent you a copy of
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, we watched it. <laughs> really
2: liked it. Good. See? It's, it's great. It's really good. It's an mm-hmm. understated performance in the best way. All right. So let's dive in to uh, John Cusack because I, I could talk about Nick Cage all day. <laughs> um, you know, like I could talk about the fact that he used to be married to Elvis's daughter just because he was a huge Elvis fan. More yeah, I than- know. That's so weird. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, you know, or the fact that we all forgot that he used to be married to Patricia Arquette. Yeah, I did. I completely forgot about that. Me too, because the Lisa Marie Presley and then the series of Asian women that he's married really overshadows it.
1: Yeah, wasn't the last one he married, like, 18 or something?
2: 19? I don't know how old she is, but I know that they just got married last year. And they got it an old, I think. He was drunk. No, that that was the one before the one before the current one.
1: Oh my god!
2: He got married and had it annulled in 2019, and then he married a different person in 2021.
1: Oh my god! (laughs) We love
2: to marry everybody you sleep with. We love you, Nick. He didn't marry everyone that he slept with, though, because he didn't marry the mother of his first child. Oh, my God. Anyway, like I said, we could do a whole episode of Nick Cage. so we're We are not <laughs> A bonus episode just on yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we will. Dun-dum-dum. <laughs> what would the crime be? Just some of his bad movies. Ah-ha! <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, we love you, Nick. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about John Cusack now. Yes. Who plays Robert Hansen in this film. Sorry, now, I'm a sucker for him. I love Cusack, too. <laughs> I mean, he's one of those guys who's also had a, a storied and kind of interesting career. He doesn't get ragged on as much as Nick Cage does, because he's not an over-the-top actor the way Nick Cage can be sometimes. But they've yeah. had kind of similar like career jerks. Uh, trajectories i feel like you know they both got started in the 80s like cusack made a name for himself in hollywood in the 80s with a bunch of coming of age films like 16 candles and say anything which is you know the iconic film where he stands outside his girlfriend's house holding the boom box playing phil collins (laughs) your eyes anyway (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's not phil collins it's peter gabriel it's peter gabriel yeah peter gabriel it's the other guy from genesis my bad yeah i mean they sound (laughs) pretty much similar sorry they do out there but they They sound they they sound similar i'm sorry (laughs)
1: look
2: i know that phil's a better drummer i have heard the tarzan soundtrack okay (laughs) <laughs> ah, ah, yes. Mm, yes. But um, I kid, because I obviously know he had a long career before that. <laughs> but yeah, so then in the 90s, John Cusack's are doing kind of a lot of indie stuff, like being John Malkovich True and True Colors. And then he had this period in the early 2000s where he was just in a string of rom-coms like High Fidelity, which is actually an excellent adaptation of the Nick Hornby novel. The I name's... fucking love that movie, and a hands down
1: best soundtrack. Best yes! Soundtrack.
2: High Fidelity is a movie for music lovers. You don't have to like rom-coms to love this movie. It's yes. it's it's a movie for every music snob out there. <laughs> it really is. It is. It's a great film. Um And, uh, it, although it wasn't quite as magical as the movie, the TV Show that starred Zoe Kravitz was not bad. I never saw that. Never so saw that. It, it aired and died <laughs> on, <laughs> on Hulu in 2020. I think the year kind of maybe played a role in its demise. I'm not sure. But yeah, so it was basically just like a similar storyline to the movie, but Zoe Kravitz was basically playing the role John Cusack played. That is crazy because her, her mom mom's in the it. movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It was fun. You should give it a go. I mean, it's only one season, but it's got its own feel and it's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Anyway, but um, then he was also in movies like America's Sweethearts and Must Love Dogs. And basically this series of roles he just was super sick of he's like i'm not even a great romantically like i don't feel like i fit these roles and i would like to be taken more seriously kind of so he started doing a lot of darker roles such as this film um he he actually played a serial killer in another movie right after this uh the paper boy with zach efron and nicole Kidman. oh Hey, boy. bye Uh, He's also... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) God damn it, Morgan.
1: Um, I can't not. You can't not do it.
2: It's true. It's true. Uh, But no, he's also in this film with Elijah Wood called Grand Piano, where he's like trying to kill Elijah Wood. (laughs) <laughs> uh so yeah, he's he's really embraced the role of a villain at this point and I think he makes a good villain. He's not the most um
1: Oh my plays- god, sorry. I just looked up Grand Piano. I like the description. <laughs> Can I read it? Sure, go ahead. All right, on the IMDb it says a pianist with stage fright endures a performance under the eyes of a mysterious sniper who will shoot <laughs> who will shoot and kill him if a wrong note is played. And like the face that a wood has is like oh fuck i can't fuck up (laughs) uh it sounds ridiculous
2: it's actually really good though it is it's actually good yeah i like
1: it a lot (laughs) it's like i'm gonna kill you if you hit the wrong note i would immediately hit the wrong note
2: there's a very specific reason for that which (sighs) i will not give away
1: okay so no spoilers for that no spoilers go watch (laughs)
2: it guys it's probably playing freeze somewhere it's not like a well-known movie but it's good nice yeah, you know I'm a sucker for Elijah Wood. I, I'll watch whatever he does. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's super cool, and he's he's a horror movie lover like us. So yeah. like we love him, but yeah. Okay, so Vanessa Hudgens as Cindy Paulson. Hudgens is best known for playing Gabriella in the Disney Channel High School Musical trilogy. I have never seen any of these films. Mm-hmm. Me either <laughs> fucking high five, my dude. Here's the thing. Have people our age watched this these movies? I'm sure they have. But but by and large, we were way too old for that when it came out.
1: Yeah, we we're old for like everything she's really done.
2: Um, that's not true. She's I mean, she was in thirteen when we were like thirteen. Hold oh, on, she was in thirteen? It's not a big role, but she's in thirteen. It was oh, first. I she was her, her thirteen. It was her first major film role. Okay.
1: She must have been a tiny little baby. She's our.
2: She, she is older than you. She's my age.
1: Oh, what the fuck! Always thought she was like
2: twelve. No,
1: <laughs> <is> forever twelve.
2: <laughs> I am like. I am She's like. like- Older than me. <laughs> I am like 19 days older than her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. I always thought she was really young. She looks good. Um, yeah, just for for our age. <laughs>
2: yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she uh, like a lot of former Disney Channel stars. She's worked pretty hard to kind of shed the Disney image with roles like Candy and Harmony Corrine's Spring Breakers, or Sariza and Machete Kills. In her personal life. She happens to be a member of that Christian megachurch Hillsong. That is totally not a cult. <laughs> I think there's a documentary about it. Google it. She's um, looking great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 50 Cent as Pimp Clate Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you've watched this movie, you were like, the rapper? 50 Cent? Yes. That's who it is. 50 Cent actually is one of the producers on this film. (laughs) He helped produce it. So, you know, whatever. He was invested. But he's best known for his rap career. Eminem discovered him in the early 2000s and he rose to fame with songs like "Into Club and Candy Shop. Uh, but yeah, so he also acts, acts and produces, uh, among other things. So yeah, this is one of those movies that he acted in and helped produce. Yeah, he. how many times was he shot? Oh, yeah. like 20-something,
1: right? Yeah, I just remember he was like,
2: I've been shot 20 times. I don't know. Well, he was dealing drugs as young as 12 when he, like at the during the crack epidemic in the 80s, so.
1: Yeah, because that's why he talks. <laughs> he got shot in his mouth so that's why
2: he, he talks the way he does yeah
1: yeah yeah nine I mean, times that's it that's nine the song. okay
2: yeah yeah okay i was i was exaggerating <laughs> the, the legend but uh yeah he's, he's been shot a few times he was a drug dealer so he knows that thug life for reals yeah he the <laughs> real for real for real for real um i sounded so white saying that <laughs> <laughs> i did that on purpose but yeah all right so uh ronna mitchell as ali holcomb mitchell is an australian actress who career took off uh, after she landed a role on the Australian soap Neighbors, like many an Aussie before her. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't help it. Uh, In the early 2000s, she began appearing in Hollywood films, such as Phone Booth with Colin Farrell, and the 2006 adaptation of the video game Silent Hill. She was also in the 2010 remake of the horror film The Crazies, that was originally done by um, Romero. It's Technically, not a zombie film. I guess it's kind of the first rage virus film, actually. The original, The Crazies, was. Because that's what happens. They turn into murderous... Kellers in droves. Mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I figured uh,
1: it was like some Korean movie that did it first. <laughs>
2: no, Romero in the 70s, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, Dean Norris as Sergeant Lyle Haugsman. Norris is known for playing law enforcement roles and other authority figures, most notably DEA agent Hank Schrader on AMC's Breaking Bad, a role which he reprised for the Breaking Bad prequel, Better Call Saul. Then we have Jody Len O'Keefe as Michelle Ringel. Did it have to rhyme like that? I guess. Mm. O'Keefe. <laughs> O'Keefe is an actress, model, and fashion designer. She's perhaps best known for playing Gretchen Morgan on Prison Break, as well as Cassidy Bridges on Nash Bridges, and Joe Laughlin on The Vampire Diaries. Some of her film roles include the travesty that was Halloween H2O and the cult teen classic She's All That. Now, Brad William Hinky as Carl Galinsky uh, Hinky is a formal a former my bad a former NFL and Arena Football League player as well as an actor. He's best known for his role as prison guard Desi Piscatelli no Piscatella on Orange Is the New Black. Some other notable roles include Tony Tucci on Dexter, Coover Bennett on Justified, Hap Lastner on Graham, and Tom Cullen in the 2020 adaptation of Stephen King's The. Stat- Band. I do not recommend that. Read the book. It's better. Yeah.
1: yeah. He was on um uh, bah, 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 S-
2: Stinky Pete. I mean, Sneaky, Sneaky Pete. Pete. Sneaky yeah. Pete. Sneaky Pete. Always call it Stinky Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Stinky Pete is the name of a model of a vibrator on Bob's (laughs) Burgers. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, there's an episode. God, I'm having deja vu. I feel like I've talked about this before. (laughs) But yeah, Linda Belcher, there's an episode where Linda gets roped in by her friend Gretchen to do an adult party where you sell sex toys. Morgan and I have been to one of those together before. She goes to sell that, and she didn't know that when she got roped into doing it, really. So she, like, has her kids in there with her at first, and she, like, sends them into another room. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then uh, Gretchen convinces her to help sell the products, and one of them is literally, like, this bear-shaped dildo. It looks like a teddy bear. <laughs> and it's called Stinky Pete.
1: <laughs> stinky Pete, and it's shaped uh, like a bear. Yeah. I want
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's shaped like the honey bear, kind of.
1: Oh my God, that is so great. (laughs) <laughs> so wrong, but so good.
2: Yeah, that's, it's, small, it's a wholesome family comedy. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, let's get let's dig into the movie, Mo. Nice. All right. So, the scene, the <laughs> setting, Anchorage, Alaska, 1983. <laughs> so cool. Yes, it's a motel room, and 17-year-old Cindy Paulson is handcuffed and screaming for her life. And then a patrol officer busts in and gets the cuffs off her wrists because she has, like, cut her wrists up pretty bad trying to get out of them. And, uh, you know, so give me out these things! So he gets her out and he rescues her and takes her to the hospital and they do a rape kit. And at an APD station, she explains to the detectives that she was kidnapped and raped. But because she's a sex worker who is lying about her age, the detectives choose to not believe her story. Um, They refuse to believe that her abductor, Robert Hansen, uh, could do that because he's, as they claim, an upstanding member of the community and a family man who owns his own bakery in town and also has an alibi for the incident in question. So the uh, patrol officer who rescued Paulson is outraged that the detectives refuse to pursue Hansen and he goes behind their back and photocopies information about the case and sends it to the Alaska state troopers. So, uh, state trooper Jack Holcomb, which is Nick Cage, has been called to investigate a female body that was found in the bush, half-eaten by bears. What a grim way to go. The police connect the case to some other missing girls in the area who have disappeared on the same legitimate photo shoots front. So, with information from the APD officer, Holcomb connects connects the other cases to Paulson's and begins constructing a profile of Hansen. Now, Paulson details how Hansen kept her captive and that she escaped from his car when he tried to transfer her to his bush plane. Meanwhile, over in Anchorage, Debbie Peters gets into an RV with a man, an unseen man, uh, for a photo shoot, just like all the other victims. And later, we see Hansen eating a quiet dinner at home. His wife and children are out of town, and Hansen relaxes in his trophy room, casually ignoring Debbie, who he has chained to a post nearby. She has pissed herself. And he goes to like clean it up and then a neighbor comes in to deliver him like a plate of food. So he goes to distract the neighbor and he warns her to not scream or he'll kill her. So that's fun. Hansen takes Peters to the airport where he orders her into his plane. And after landing in a remote spot in the bush, uh, he lets her go. Most dangerous game style. Uh, she's running for her life before he shoots her with a .223 caliber rifle, and he steals her necklace off her body and stands over her before he shoots her with a handgun to finish her off. Ugh. Yeah. It's pretty despicable. So Holcomb has a very difficult time building this case against Hansen because, you know, in Alaska, they're very, especially like up in this town, it's a lot of people who are running from things. So everybody kind of covers for other people and it's really close knit and they don't want to talk to law enforcement. So it's a big deal. And the evidence is circumstantial. Paulson's kind of afraid to testify. And the district attorney just absolutely refuses to issue a search warrant. Paulson keeps falling back into her life of sex work and stripping and despite Holcomb's efforts to keep her safe you know she just keeps kind of falling back into it it's what she knows and she's a runaway so she's at a strip club where she's trying to sell lap dances and then she looks over and she fucking sees Hanson and he's like trolling for a new victim perusing the club and their eyes meet and he sort of like chases after her and she just like narrowly escapes and it makes Bob Hanson pretty nervous and he gets like even more paranoid so he hires Carl Galinsky to find and kill Paulson for him because at this point, killing her is not about satisfaction. Killing her is about keeping her quiet because he knows that she escaped and that she could tell especially now that she's seen him. Um. So Carl approaches Paulson's pimp 50 cent, uh, Clayton Johnson and offers to forgive his sizable debt that he has to him if Clayton turns Paulson over to him. So, back over Halcom, he is staking out Hanson's house, which freaks Hanson out, and Hanson gathers the evidence of his crimes, including the trophies from his victims and flees with his son to the airport and despite dangerous flying conditions, he flies out to go hide his trophies. Now, feeling the chance to catch Hansen is just like slipping through his hands, and with the victim count now at like 17, Halcom forces the DA to issue a warrant. Unfortunately, the search of his house yields literally no evidence. Um, So Hansen agrees to be interrogated without a lawyer, but unless the police find new evidence, they will be unable to hold him, obviously. Um, Halcom orders a second search of Hansen's house, which this time turns up a hidden cache of guns, including the two-two-three caliber rifle in many of the murders. Under police watch and at a safe location, Paulson fucking slips out to do sex work again.
1: (sighs) Come on, Vanessa Hudgens.
2: I know. So, Clayton delivers her to Carl and attempts to rob Carl, which him attempting to rob Carl completely saves her because she takes the opportunity to fucking bail while this is happening. And Carl chases after her, but she manages to make a call to Holcomb and is rescued in the fucking lickety split of time. (laughs) Uh, Holcomb uses a bracelet that looks identical to one the victims used to have to trick Hansen into thinking that the police have found the evidence he's hidden in the bush And that, with seeing Paulson in the interrogation room, basically forces him to the point of self-incrimination. And then the epilogue states that Hansen confessed to the murders of 17 women and the kidnappings and rapes of another 30. He was charged with the abduction and rape of Cindy Paulson and the murders of Joanna Messina, Sherry Morrow, Paula Goulding, and Eklutna Annie because they didn't know her real name, so they gave her an authentic Alaskan one and God, it's the worst name ever. Like, she was it's, already a victim. Come on.
1: It's because of the lake they found her on. I know. Iklutna, but, Iklutna I, know lake.
2: I know, but it's so bad.
1: Yeah. It's
2: like, it's the worst name
1: ever. Yeah, there's, there's been some really bad victims' names.
2: Why can't we just stick to Jane Doe number whatever? <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that more insensitive? My bad. Um. He was sentenced to 461 years plus life without parole. And he died in 2014. Uh, and then the film ends with a dedication to Hansen's victims with like a slideshow of their pictures. All right, so we're gonna get into some fun facts now.
1: Woo, fun facts.
2: Woo, fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. So this movie was actually shot in Anchorage, Alaska. And not only was it really shot in Alaska, but the director waited until like this a certain part of fall to where there would be no snow on the ground. But by the time the end of the shoot was to shoot, it would be snowing. So he made sure that like as the plot got darker and colder so did the atmosphere essentially
1: um yeah i was on that strip i've been to anchorage alaska and i stayed at a hotel right down the street from where that fake club was
2: oh fun
1: yeah it was the days in you can see it in some of the like pictures of the shoot you can see it from that street
2: wow you know my you know my ex lives there now
1: skankridge yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody calls it, Skankridge. <laughs> Sorry for people who live in Anchorage and like it, but a lot of people call it Skankridge because it's kind of it's kind of dirty.
2: I mean, you get that feeling when you see the film, honestly. Yeah, it feels dirty. It is pretty dirty. Dirty all over, Bob. <laughs> it's. Funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, a lot of the actors. So you know, like when they're filming, because it's really cold there you gotta think some of the actors even though they're supposed to be where they are filming are dressed in just like plain clothes and they're actually like fucking freezing (laughs) the crew would be in like 700 count down jackets and snow boots and then everybody else is in like street clothes that's for summer oh that sucks yeah i hope they got lots of warm breaks with heat lamps and shit yeah, because okay. around fall, it's
1: it's pretty cold there around fall. Like that's right when it starts snowing around. Exactly,
2: there. exactly. He he he. It only took like 21 days to film or something like that. So it's you know over the course of that last month, right as it starts to snow. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they're pretending it's summer the whole time, but it's really like fall, and they're like, we're dying. <laughs>
2: uh, well, they're not. I don't really even think they're pretending it's summer because they. It's supposed to be exactly the time period that it is when when they're filming. So it's supposed to be like late-ish fall. Okay. But they're still just dressed kind of scantily, I guess, because half of them are sex workers, like the extras and stuff.
1: Yeah. I feel like you can't really... Well, I guess you can. I mean, usually you would think like sex work, you'd need to advertise the goods, but like in a really cold area, that would be so hard.
2: Right? <laughs> I mean, shit. Uh, what's her name? Eileen Warnos wasn't exactly the hottest looking package, but she still got work. So, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Hudgens actually met the real Cindy Paulson and like talked to her about it to prepare for the role. Wow. Yeah. So
1: Cindy's pretty outspoken about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, In fact, a a really wild fact about this is the director actually wanted to film in the basement that Cindy was actually held in. Oh, that's fucked up. And Cindy was fine with it. She wanted people to see where it happened and to like have to face the brutalness that she did, essentially. And yeah, but uh, in the end, it wasn't the best place to film logistically. So they just ended up not doing that. But they recreated the basement almost exactly.
1: Yeah, it's pretty accurate accurate to what it looks like compared to like the um photos
2: yeah exactly the director also you would think that like you know with like method acting and stuff you would think that she would have like gone to like a pole dancing class or something but the director specifically told her that he wanted her to look young and inexperienced and to not have like any idea how to pole dance (laughs) (laughs) so that was the direction there like don't look like you know what you're doing be bad at it nick Cage and John Cusack were both in Con Air together, except in opposite roles. Cage was a con, (laughs) and John Cusack was, uh, like, a federal agent. So that's fun, right? Yeah. So we all know that Robert Hansen is a huge liar, but so, like, this movie was being made, like, a year before he died, actually? Or maybe, like, a year and a half. Yeah, it came out, yeah. It was like maybe a year and a half before he died when they were making this movie. So he sent a message via his lawyers to Scott Walker and was like, none of this is true. You can't do this. You can't make this movie. But like, Bob, come on. They had evidence. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah. Fucking Bob. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Bob. You don't know what you're fucking talking about, Bob. Back. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Heavy metal shuffle by the band by the punk band Reagan Youth plays during the strip club scene. Now, vocalist Dave Rubenstein's girlfriend was a sex worker who was murdered in the 90s. Who the okay, vocal, the lead vocalist uh-huh. of this of this band Reagan Youth? His girlfriend was a sex worker who was murdered by the serial killer Joel Rifkin. <gasps> oh shit! And Joel Rifkin is the serial killer who an entire Seinfeld episode sort of centers around because elaine dates a guy who's named joel rifkin right after the serial killer gets caught and then so she has to explain to everybody not the killer not the killer yeah i remember yeah Yeah, i watched that recently (laughs) the best part about that and is that right after that episode okay so okay the best part about that is later on in the episode when she's talking to Joel and she's like, you got to change your first name. One of the names that she brings up is OJ and it's oh, like, and it's like a year before. Yeah. Before OJ's, that ever comes out. Yeah. Like, it's like a year before OJ murders Nicole Simpson. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's crazy, right? That's that's really interesting. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. So Brie Larson auditioned for the role of Cindy Paulson, but uh, according to producers, she overdid her audition scene to the point that she scared the casting director. <laughs> Sorry, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I gotta say, I feel like, I don't know if I could buy Brie Larson as a sex worker. No. Like, because I've seen her as fucking Captain Marvel now. Like, I can't picture her in dirty Alaska doing sex work now. No. I think... And I mean this in the best way to Vanessa Hudgens, but she was more fit for the role. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, She did a
1: really good job.
2: She did. She did a very decent job. I would also be screaming my head off to get this fucking cuffs off of me and sobbing uncontrollably. Fuck yeah, you would. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's those are my fun facts. Well, one more fun fact. So DA Pat Clives, the actor who plays him in this movie, he's played by Kurt Fuller, who is the like medical examiner um on psych. Did you ever watch oh. this show? Oh
1: I watch a few episodes, but he's he's just a medical examiner every time he plays someone. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's all well, he does. He's
2: He's the district attorney in this movie.
1: Oh,
2: oh, I thought he was the metal codes. I'm bad, bad. My bad. <laughs> no, he was just like the, cor- he's the coroner, medical examiner on psych. And on then psych. he's, and he's the DA in this. Yeah. He's a character actor. He's been on a whole bunch of shit. Um, a whole bunch of shit. But yeah. So those are my facts, Momo. Nice. Thank so you. we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. <laughs> right I don't know why I decided to say that like a set, sex hot sex hotline operator, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> Just tune in <laughs> for only 99 cents a minute. That's like, if it's the 90s, it's probably like $3 a minute now. I don't know. Do people still do that?
1: There's I don't know. Porn. I think it's like free porn on the internet. But I mean, still, people fucking
2: pay for porn and it's weird to me. Yeah, I I mean, good for the sex workers who are getting paid. Yeah. But I don't, I guess maybe some people just respect the trade.
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and there's, like, people who like to imagine that the cam girls are their girlfriends, so they'll, like, give them money to buy clothes and stuff and get really obsessive.
2: Uh, Yes. All right, I'll see you in a minute. Welcome back. Are we ready to talk about Robert Hansen, Morgan?
1: Yes, we are. We're going to talk about the Butcher Baker. He's a fuck. He's a the, fuck boy.
2: Yeah, the real life Robert Hansen, who isn't half as attractive as John Cusack. Yeah, no, not at all. He had an acne-scarred face from here to China. Yeah, I mean,
1: me too. I'm I'm attractive, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, you've also not murdered anyone and not like... That you know of. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Morgan wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> no, but
1: yeah, he was very unattractive and he was like a child. Yeah, he was stunted emotionally. Very stunted. And uh,
2: like I said earlier, a fuck boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck boy.
0: to find out if it's right for you
1: for sure Uh, boy all right well let's get into it all right so robert christian hansen um people in his life called him bob or he was the butcher baker um he was also a rapist serial rapist Serial killer. He also was an abductor and an arsonist. He has thought to kill, well, 17. Oh, wait. What? Don't
2: forget Klepto.
1: Oh, yeah. And Klepto that's right yeah oh and insurance fraud he's he's like did a lot of bad stuff and that's just so fucking stupid we'll get into it but um they believe like he's been convicted of 17 murders but they think it was more like 30 plus victims um cause he would say he wouldn't admit to some of them and then when they found the bodies he did admit to them so they don't really know the number because the victim He chose live transient lives or were um, separated from their family or friends. Um, They were in the sex trade or stripping or dancing. So a lot of the victims that were found, nothing was like found out about them. There's not much about all of the victims online at all, which is sad because they were all just kind of lost and lumped into this guy. I I wish I had all their names, but I don't. I don't don't have all their names names. But well,
2: yeah, two of them are still
1: unidentified, right? Uh, they identified one in 2021, actually. They oh, recently... that's
2: right. That's yeah, right.
1: but, um, the Eklutna Annie is still unidentified. The one you don't, you don't like the name. Um, she's still unidentified. But according to the, what is it, Alaska Bureau of, Inve- ABI, Alaska Bureau of Investigations, they are currently using genetic genealogy to still try to identify Klutna Annie. That's the last victim unidentified victim of Hansen. Um, they actually used the DNA analysis and confirmed that the previously unknown Horseshoe Harriet see I think that one's worse.
2: Well that one's not good either.
1: Yeah <laughs> they all had really bad names. Yeah. Um, but Horseshoe Harriet was Robin Pelkey. Um, That's a much better name. Yeah they did identify her and that was in September 2021. Um, and the surviving kin uh, came out out and said that they don't they do not want to be contacted and they need to be left alone and told people like press and everybody to leave them alone yeah, which is leave understandable alone, guys Come yeah on. just leave them alone um and she had been missing since 19 1981 uh, no yeah
2: so like you know 40 years no big deal
1: yeah because they don't really know because no one ever reported her missing and a lot of these people no one ever reported them missing or they were reported missing but it never was filed which...
2: sure well i mean if you're a transient and you don't like keep a lot of connections then people might not know that you're missing
1: yeah um it's sad because a lot of these victims were reported missing but they weren't taken seriously
2: well that too because if you're a sex worker or cops automatically are like, oh, you don't matter.
1: Yeah, you don't matter. You're 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 living that lifestyle. It came to you because you live that lifestyle. Like, fuck off.
2: Yeah, the victim blaming for sex workers is absolutely off the charts.
1: Yeah, it's like I'm gonna take the I'm gonna be a moral, like just fuck your morals. Investigate yeah. the damn crime. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your morals. Um, do your job, you know, the one you get yeah. paid for. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh
1: so back to uh fuck boy bob <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i
2: fucking hate him love it fuck boy bob
1: boy bob um he was a tiny little man well i don't want to say tiny i don't want to insult anybody for their height but he was like only five six look was-
2: if we love a short king as yeah. lost As long as you're not murdering or raping people.
1: Yeah, he had like, you know, the short boy complex. Totally. He did. Sorry. He did.
2: It happens. It happens.
1: Because he was constantly bullied. Uh, He had severe acne that covered his face. He was a loner. He also had an overbearing father that was from another country like Eastern Europe. So he was just like a a kid that everybody picked on back in high school. Um, So he didn't have many friends. He was also constantly rejected by women his age. And throughout high school and middle school, he was rejected. So he, um, after graduation, he went into the Army Reserves and he enlisted in 1957. And he only served about one year. And then he later worked as an assistant drill instructor. Instructor at a police academy in Iowa for just a little short bit. And then in 1960, he met a young woman and married her. Um, I'm not gonna name her because she's wanted to remain anonymous, but um her name is listed on the Wikipedia page. But she wants to be anonymous, so I'm not gonna name her here. Good job. Uh, yeah, they should take it down off the Wikipedia page. Um, because she did want to remain anonymous after that. I think she should delete you, and that.
2: I, you and I both have the power to do that. <gasps> can we? Yeah, anyone, literally anyone can edit i know they keep
1: asking me for money and i feel bad i give them 20 bucks a year do you donate yeah okay i give them 20 a year i'm like leave me alone i gave them i gave
2: them five bucks this month
1: okay see i don't do monthly i'm just a year 20 bucks
2: i do it when i can
1: yeah now wikipedia is like hey you've been here four times in the last month why don't you donate
2: yeah they said that to me earlier and i'm like bitch i already donated
1: yeah i'm like bitch stop storing my cookies
2: (laughs) I'm cleaning out my cookies.
1: <laughs> yeah, get out of my cookies, man. <laughs> uh. But anyway, um, he was a loser. People made fun of him. And then it, after he left... Um, the army. He came back to Iowa, was working for his dad. He got married. And then he just goes out and burns down the bus barn that his high school like stored the buses in like to get back at all the people that uh made him less popular or like picked on him. It's like, dude, you just burned down the bus.
2: I'm sorry, but burning down the bus barn did nothing to those people. You know why? They don't go to school there anymore and you know what if they did and they rode the bus they might be fucking celebrating because they might get a day off from school. Yeah. What did you accomplish?
1: Yeah, what did you do? What did you do? Like, nothing. Like, no one cares about you still. And they will never care about... Just get over it. He had, like, a little man syndrome, like I said. He he did. Yeah, he was a total fuckboy. So after this, he got caught. And he was sentenced to a three-year prison sentence. At this time, his wife was like, okay, you're a fucking fuck boy. Um, and then he, she divorced him while he was in jail. Um, but he only served 20 months out of the three year prison centers. Yeah, After that, really his, nice. yeah, his family were like really embarrassed by him because he's such a fuck boy. And they actually moved. They sold the bakery where his dad worked and owned. Like he, they just moved and were like, we're getting the fuck out. Um, so he actually moved with them. Um, Um, And then he met his second wife whenever they moved. And then in 1967, he moved to Anchorage with his second wife. Um, And that's where he relocated. And at this time, he was like well-liked in the community, which is really surprising because everywhere he went, nobody liked him. Um, But in Anchorage, he was well-liked. He opened a bakery because he took after his father. It was like fifth generation baker or some shit. But at first, like, he didn't want to do the bakery thing. He would find solace in going in the woods and hunting. Um, And his dad would, like, force him to work in the bakery when he was in high school and he didn't like it. But then Apple didn't fall far from the tree. Became a baker. Bob the baker. And he was well liked in the community.
2: Instead of Bob the builder, Bob the baker. Bob
1: the baker. <laughs> his, his neighbors liked him. He was a really good hunter. And people. people. People liked him, but I mean, he also was still fucking around like, okay, so in 1977, he was imprisoned for stealing a chainsaw and between that time from his first divorce and th- until 1977 he had been arrested twice for sexual assault.
2: Can I just say how much I loved how brazen he was when he stole a chainsaw? Like, yeah. he just walks in there and literally takes it off the shelf and just like starts to walk out like no big deal. What did he think? No one was gonna stop him?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's the same thing like whenever he went into the woman house and try to kidnap her
2: yeah it's like he has no like idea that the rest of the world is going on around him or something
1: yeah because so in 1972 is when he was arrested and charged with abduction and attempted rape (laughs) he walked okay so he had been stalking this woman and she worked at a um oh crap i didn't write it down but sorry she was like a secretary at some like uh fuck what are they called where they sell houses a realtor office yes thank you She was, she was a secretary there. He okay. He stalked her cause he was looking for houses. He thought she was beautiful and was like, I need to have this woman. So he fucking followed her home, figured out where she lived, walked in there and tried to abduct her, but he didn't know that she had fucking roommates and he wasn't wearing a mask nope. and all this stuff. So of course he was caught mm-hmm. and, and he, they said that they, he like had a good life and everything and, and didn't really mean it and let him go. Like, what the fuck? He tried to kidnap her out of her house and rape her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then he raped another sex worker and she came forward and said um, she had been raped and then let go and they didn't investigate that either. And we're like, no, he's a good guy. Like, he has a normal life.
2: Oh yeah, good guys. They just kidnap, try to kidnap people all the time, you know?
1: Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Like, he only he only served six months and then it was like dropped and then then in 1976 is when he went to prison he was sentenced to five years but they overturned it because they said he was bipolar and so he never really
2: spent any time in jail i'm sorry being bipolar doesn't mean that you're not dangerous
1: yeah and and it doesn't matter like if you tried to abduct and rape someone you should still be held like he was out yeah he was out on parole from the first attempted abduction and rape when he raped the other woman. And he exactly. said, Oh, well, she was trying to steal my money. And they were they believed him over her because he's a fucking white dude. Yeah. White uh, yeah. Baker. Like this,
2: this white male who's a you know, quote unquote upstanding citizen. Go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, and it's maddening because if he would have served any time, he probably would have been in jail for the rest of his life you know i'm
2: sorry but if any of the people that were investing in all the investigating all these different things if they had looked into him just a little bit further he should have been locked away for life
1: yeah and like starting in 1978 well they say 1973 is when he started murdering but his earliest murder that is known was either 78 or 79 yeah and that was the one he said it was his first murder and that was uh eklutna annie but he was raping women starting in 1972 um until oh, right. he I mean,
2: it's, yeah, I mean, as as you know, as our audience knows, it's not uncommon for a rapist to escalate and, and into killing, like like Paul Bernardo.
1: Yeah, and it's just crazy because he was already escalated. He tried to fucking kidnap someone. He had exactly. already
2: escalated. And, yeah. he,
1: and the ones he got caught for, like, they didn't even fucking prosecute him because they said it was too harsh. It's just yeah. like that, that fuck boy that raped the girl behind the dumpster and then, the, oh, the prison oh, sentence is too harsh.
2: Oh my. My God, let's not even get into that can of worms. But agreed,
1: it's very similar. It is. <laughs> like, it uh, is. fucking hate that fuck boy. Um, yeah. Anywho, so around this time in Alaska. There was like a boom town happening at this point. Uh in the seventies it was, you know, like people would go to Alaska to disappear. A lot of people were escaping something were going to Alaska. But in the seventies
2: still kind of do that in Alaska. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they still do it, but not on the level that it was happening in the 70s. Well, sure, um, because
2: the internet exists now.
1: Yeah, and there was an oil boom then. That's that, not that happening too. now. Um, so in the 70s, between 1975 and 1977, after the oil crisis of 1973, that's when they put in the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System. So there were a whole bunch of pipeline workers, as well as miners... And everything that had been brought in from sure. the lower states. So the lower 48, everybody was coming to Alaska because of this oil boom. Um, And it started kind of like in a boom town, like kind of reminiscent of the 1800s and like, you know, the, the West. Uh, sure. And there were like tens of thousands of people, not oh. like a, a few hundred. It was tens of thousands of people were coming to Alaska to work. And I mean, this kind of created this boomtown atmosphere, which... These men were, you know, needing sex as men do. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I don't want to offend anybody, but usually when there's a boom town that happens, sex workers are brought in. It's just how it is.
2: Look, we all need pleasure, okay? Yeah. It happens. It's fine. Yeah.
1: So this brought in a lot of uh, dance clubs, a more um, risque night atmosphere, like club atmosphere in Anchorage that hadn't been there before. Sure. And, and this the CD element,
2: if you will. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like the the underground kinda came into the
2: Great White North. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I just blanked out. I'm like, Alaska? <laughs> so along with all these people, there was a boom in the economy. There was a boom in men's pants. So they were bringing <laughs> in these women, too, that, you know, they were transient. They were...
2: I'm they sorry. Were all- I am dying for you saying there's a boom in men's pants. <laughs> <laughs> it went boom, pow. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> so,
1: so there was a lot of, like, transient brought in from the lower states as well because a lot of the dancers in Washington State or you know California were being offered hey if you go to Alaska and do uh, start dancing at this club we'll pay you more money Um, a lot of it was a lie a lot of them were mistreated or abused and some women were looking for a way out so when a lot of women I mean it doesn't it doesn't subtract from the police not doing their job but when a lot of the sex workers started turning up missing they were like oh they probably just went back down uh, to the lower 48. Yeah. If if they said that then they should have checked fucking flight records. I'm sorry. They should have. But they didn't because they didn't care about them. But I think it would have easily been stopped if they would have actually checked into these people and looked at flight records and then you'd see that all these women never got on a flight and never left they were yeah
2: exactly
1: hurt. um so like the movie he did exactly do um he would abduct these sex workers, usually pulling a gun on them after having sex or getting a blowjob or whatever. He'd usually pull a gun or a knife and then take them back to his house where he'd wait and then drive, uh, fly them by plane, by his little prop plane, to um, other parts of Alaska that were... Not inhabited by people, and then he would hunt them down like an animal. And what's really weird is that a lot of the victims were found wearing their clothes. But they had no bullet holes in their clothes. So So he
2: dressed them back up afterwards.
1: Yeah. He would They're... make them run naked in the Alaskan wilderness while hunting them. That's fun. I mean it's not so fucked up. Big sarcastic. But yeah, that's really fucked up.
2: Yeah, and like why don't you get some frostbite before I kill you?
1: Yeah, because I mean his first victim, he didn't really hunt her. Aklutna yeah. Annie. Yeah. So Aklutna Annie was, they think she was between 16 and 25 uh, at the time of her death. And she was discovered like several months later. And then there wasn't much um, to be found. It was found in July. Her body was found July 21st of 1980. And this was the first of many um, bodies that they would start to uncover. Yeah. So the story that he told was that he had taken her after she had given him a blowjob and then said, um, we're going to go out here and you do exactly what I say and you won't get hurt so he was driving her outside of Anchorage and she realized like well fuck you're not driving near your house you're driving outside so she kept trying to escape he was saying do not like I'll kill you and she did have a knife in her bag but she never used it and he actually according to some reports he used her knife to kill Mm, her. mm, That would Um, be unfortunate. Yeah, he had driven into like a swamp area around a Klutna lake and got the truck stuck and he said, you need to help me and get it out of the mud and then she took off running and then he chased after her, tripped her and as she was screaming, don't kill me, don't kill me, he stabbed her in the back once and killed her with a buck knife. And it says it's his knife but other reports said it was her knife. I don't really know i can't really confirm this but that was supposedly his first murder victim um and like i said earlier she's still unidentified today but there were like several instances of people coming cross bodies for in 1980 and 1981 and the anchorage police department kept saying oh no we don't have a serial killer no no it's just you know no way, can't be us (laughs) Yeah and it's like dude they they are connected and um there was a female I cannot find her name anywhere but there was a female police officer who was like no these are all connected because I remember that, because she worked in the sex crimes um, she was like I remember this girl going missing and now here's her body like this is this is a murder like we have a murder on our hands and no one believed her people made fun of her and she started investigating by herself um, and started tying these um, murders together but the police department told to stop because they're like this is not your job and these are not connected we don't have a serial killer here in anchorage no way and then whenever they started finding these bodies it was two. it was nearby the Kinnick River Um, there were two police officers that were I think they were hunting together or fishing or something and they came across the body of Sherry Morrow and that's when they were like wait there's probably more bodies out here because they found a 223 shell casing by her body And, and around that same areas where construction workers had found a clout Annie two years earlier so that's when they were like wait this is they're like right next to each other and so then they found another dancer named Joanne Messina and that's when they put the female police officer in charge of the investigation and she said fuck off I'm not gonna do it like yeah. y'all wouldn't listen to me the first time so and, and then around 1983 June 13th 1983 Cindy Paulson, which is the character in the movie, she had ran away from Fuckboy and right. was spotted by a truck driver. And she asked for help and he, he got her into the truck and he's, and she was going to go to the police, but she was so terrified that he was going to kill her that she asked him to bring her to a hotel room. So she ended up going to a hotel room and was trying to get the cuffs off of her when they called the police and so the police came and said that she had um um uh, the one cuff on her so they ended up getting him off of her brought her in for questioning and she said that she had been offered two hundred dollars to get into his car um to give him oral sex and once she had finished she said he could she could fill him with um his hands around her neck like while she was doing it it was kind of weirded out by it but then like finished and then that that's when he pulled the gun on her. Um, and she was 18 at this time. Um, but she was, she- she was like lying about her age she was just scared that she was gonna go to jail for being a sex worker yeah um but like from from her quote quote it said after I I kept doing it and I kept feeling around my neck like he was tripping playing around with my neck and my necklaces and he had cuffed one of my hands and I was trying to get loose and he pulled out a gun then he had got my other hand cuffed I don't know how he did it it was just frightening because I really didn't I didn't really I thought but not a lot because I knew he would do something and that's when he took her to his house in Muldoon off of old harbor road which the house is still there and it's being lived in
2: oh i know
1: i know it's so scary i stayed right down the road from there well
2: people still in live here. in the people still live
1: in the Jaffeo house in amityville yeah but it's just so scary i know <laughs> um so that's when he like took her downstairs in the basement which was like cut off from the house and his wife and two kids never went down there and he had her handcuffed and he would like repeatedly rape her um and she she had a tampon in and he still raped her and like jammed the tampon up there like he didn't <laughs> even really fucking care um and she she like described the house she knew the road's name cause she saw the road's name she could describe everything from the rope to the coffee table to a bearskin rug to what he looked like how long she was there and that's when he I don't know how many days she was with him I think she was like in there one or two days or one day Uh, she took a nap and then he came back and said he was gonna take her to his cabin and then bring her back and she said that they were gonna go to the airfield he made her lay down in the back seat with a cover over her and drove her to the airport and then he, he got her into the passenger seat and he put something in the trunk and he put the gun on top of the car and whenever he put the gun on top of the cars, when she realized that the driver door was open and she she opened the door and like took off running so she had these handcuffs on and no shoes and was running like hysterical through the woods trying to get away from him. As she would. Yeah and he was chasing her. He grabbed the gun and was chasing her and trying to kill her and that's when she came up on the truck driver and then he ran away. And so when the police went to investigate it like they thought she was lying because when they found out who he was they are like oh well this is bullshit because he said that y'all had consensual sex and you tried to overcharge and then he hey. has an alibi so whenever she told the police this no one really believed her Um, so the police like went to his house asked him some questions and everything he denied it and like they believed him over her because she was an 18 year old sex worker and they thought she was trying to like ruin his life or something. I don't know. I don't see how they thought he was an upstanding citizen when he had all these charges pending against him. Uh-huh. And like they never investigated it. They just believed his story over hers because he owned a bakery and was married and had two children. Like mm. who the fuck cares? Like yeah. BTK? <laughs>
2: exactly. BTK had uh, life. Just like that, too. You know, children, a deacon at a church, a good job, a wife. Yeah. And there's
1: like so many things that it, it was pointed to him and they they just didn't look into it until like later when they started uncovering more bodies that they started to, you know, take her seriously. But they said that she had lied about all and because Hansen had a couple friends and he was. Was saying, hey, give me an alibi because mm-hmm. I think he had convinced them because his wife was out of town in Europe. And I think he was like, hey, I had sex with a sex worker and now she's trying to turn me in. Like, could you give me an alibi? But in reality, they were covering up the fact that he almost like killed her. Like, yeah, right. yeah. So he did have a fake alibi from some friends. But like, after, after they linked him to the rest of the murders, that's when he started admitting to and confessing to the murders and rapes and abduction and yeah, that's and the, what...
2: and the friends were like don't know I've never seen him before
1: <laughs> yeah they they immediately turned and said yeah we were lying we had no idea like we didn't know and which is crazy that they should have been prosecuted too but they were they weren't um but
2: they were upstanding citizens Morgan
1: <laughs> it's so fucking stupid I fucking hate that upstanding said cit- what the fuck does that even mean I know.
2: If, I know.
1: You, you can't be an upstanding citizen in if you don't follow the law right
2: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> so um that's not true so he used a um 223 ruger mini 14 um and knives uh during the murders um and at first when they came to raid his house he was in for questioning meanwhile they were executing the warrants on his house yeah and the, and the cars yeah and he exactly had no idea the,
2: that's exactly how
1: the movie played it out too and it is really how Happened, yeah. um, And his wife had no idea about any of the murders or anything, um, and she didn't know about any of the guns or where he kept them. And he had already hid all of his guns and all of his um, like jewelry, like his trophies and everything. Yeah. Because they searched the house and didn't find anything, and they were like, they have to be hidden. So they went in for a deeper search, and when they were looking behind the insulation in the attic is where they found the gun that matched the bullets at all the crime scenes um they found the gun they found the knives they found victims ids uh jewelry from his victims they found like everything they even found a map um that had marks on them Mm -hmm. and so one of the police officers was like, I wonder if this is where the burial sites are. So they lined up their map where they had found the four bodies and they were almost exact on the map of his. So that's when he took a plea bargain and said he would show, show the police where his burial sites and were. And he
2: like remembered to a scary degree. Like yeah. He knew where they were. He even
1: knew what they were wearing. Um, Like, like, he could describe what they were wearing, where he picked them up from. Oh, and this yeah. is and this is on 17 of his burial sites. Yeah. That he... They said he even got, like, excited whenever they were flying over. Because they were in a helicopter flying overhead where where he had killed them. So they would land, hike out to the area. And they said he would get on his hands and knees and start digging into the dirt himself. Like, really excited to find them.
2: Yeah. Because, you know, now he can finally safely revisit the crime scenes because he's already caught. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, he's not a normal human. So for him to act like a child who's going back to their favorite amusement park is not out of the ordinary for a serial killer.
1: Yeah, it's just really weird that, so he would sexually assault them first and then let them go naked in the woods. He would hunt them down, Mm -hmm. but almost all of them were shot close range or stabbed. So at some point, they probably gave up, I'm assuming he doesn't really describe
2: it. Yeah, I mean he could have also maybe have done because you know he was a bow hunter. He may have also done things like maimed them and then tracked them from the wound, perhaps. Yeah, we don't have we don't have like solid proof of that, but I know that that's how he liked to hunt when he wasn't hunting humans. So take with that what you will. Yeah, because
1: some of them were shot with a 22 Clutna Annie was stabbed in the back, so there was one who was. Shot three different times in the back. That was Sherry Morrow. And that's when they were like, that's that's the body they found. Um, that they were like, this is not the first time, like, yeah, that this has happened. Um, another one was shot three times, and um another one was shot in the chest. Yeah, so they were mainly like shot, redressed, and then buried in a shallow grave, like barely covered up. And a lot of their bodies had been, you know, scavenged by animals. Unfortunately, so some of them were really hard to identify. because mm-hmm. um, he didn't really take the time to bury them or just didn't care, but he did reclothe them and then try to attempt to hide the body, but very he's, poorly.
2: He, he's so sloppy,
1: mm-hmm. he really is. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he had raped several other um, people before that, before oh, he yeah. moved to uh murder. Yeah, it's just really sad because I mean, he had known to be an arsonist um he had been um stealing and robbing he set up a like, it's just crazy how was he not in jail like that all those women were done in un- injustice by him being portrayed as this perfect white male and it happens time and time and time and fucking again it's just ridiculous it makes yeah. me so like yeah. all of this could have been stopped when the rape and the attempted rape and kidnapping. kidnapping. Yeah. yeah.
2: If somebody had just taken him in and held him for some length of time and actually like followed up on it, maybe this wouldn't have happened.
1: Yeah, like the longest he served was after the bus and that was only like ten months or something. Yeah. Even yeah. rape he only served like a few weeks. He was out on parole for one or probation on one. And then the next one he was only in for a few weeks, I think.
2: I know. That shit makes me so mad. <laughs>
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, they they think he's raped more than 30 people, and they think he probably killed more, but they just couldn't find them. Because some of the marks on the map, they never found anybody, and he, like, never admitted to the ones they didn't find. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't even admit to four of them. He just, he wouldn't talk about it, but, I mean, they linked him to the other four, but he denied them. So, we don't really know how many there were, because, mm. I mean, he he could have gone anywhere in Alaska. He had a plane. He had hunting rifles. He knew how to hunt like he knew how to survive. So who knows? He probably went further than that. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of these were around um, outside of Anchorage, around the lakes, around Anchorage. But I mean, he could have gone further with that prop plane.
2: Yeah. Well, since Bob died in 2014, we may never know exactly how many people he killed.
1: Yeah. there's, There's a lot of people out there that I think it's more than 30. He's only been connected to 17.
2: Yeah. It's and... usually the case. There's usually they usually admit to way more than are found or at least somewhat more than our than found serial so killers. Yeah. You know? Like they'll admit to more. Yeah. Like I mean like there's people like Henry Lee Lucas who admitted to oh. way way more. Yeah. <laughs> than possible but um yeah a lot of people will take they'll either um you know take credit for things they I didn't actually do just uh you know throw cops off and piss cops off or you know sometimes they actually did kill that many but they won't tell them you know say where all bodies are
1: yeah and i mean he was only convicted of four um but he did confess to killing 17. So he only went to trial once. So so he wouldn't have to go to trial 17 different times.
2: You know, that would just be a lot of court.
1: Yeah, and that would be a lot more money than they should spend on him in Alaska.
2: Yeah, yeah. With the way courts are, you'd be in court for like 17 years.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <sighs> yeah, just, yeah. It's just
1: so fucked up. Like, when will the the... I don't know. When when will police do a better job?
2: (laughs) I don't know, but boy, is that a conversation for another time. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: know. I mean, I could go on and on about that, but, like, there's so much red tape and bullshit and politics and everything involved, but I think the whole upstanding white male citizen trope has to go. Absolutely. Anyone can be a criminal. Yeah, even your best friend. (gasps) or your dad or your mom or that person that you saw at the library or your teacher
2: anybody anybody can be a murderer or a criminal you know just like be wary be wary yeah. don't be par- t- don't be like hyper paranoid but you know be mindful be mindful be yeah be
1: mindful of the uh the deacon of your church <laughs> Yeah. That's BTK. Yeah. No, but they were also like the reason why they didn't get a Robert Hansen right away too is because he was a really big member of the Lutheran church there. Gross. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Who
2: cares? Yeah. Okay. And? <laughs> that doesn't make him an upstanding citizen. Yeah. You know, I bet he makes a mean bear claw, but that doesn't make him an upstanding citizen.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. And, I mean, he had all these fucking convictions and, like, rapes and everything tied to him. When the fuck do you call a convicted rapist or a
2: arsonist a upstanding citizen? Usually you don't. Yeah, I don't. But they did. For a while. Yeah. Until it was undeniable that he was a killer, and then everyone washed their hands, claimed never liked Bob. Never liked him. Yeah. I just think it's funny,
1: though. Um, I want to go back to it, but... Uh huh. Some of the names of the clubs where these women were from. <laughs> one's called the Booby Trap.
2: <laughs> That's a good one. Booby Trap.
1: And then another one is called Great Alaskan Bush Company. <laughs>
2: Okay, that checks out, that checks out.
1: And another one is Wild Cherry.
2: That checks out, that checks yeah. out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just like the names. Those are, those are fun strip club names. <laughs> yeah. The Booby Trap, that's the my favorite trap. one. <laughs> I think the Booby Trap is my favorite. The Booby Trap's good, I like it, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, guys, I think that's that's it, right? We're good? We're done? Yeah.
1: I mean, we could have had, like, multiple episodes of this. Um, we could have, but the way... It's we... extensive. Oh, yeah. But.
2: But the way we like to handle it is yeah. um, we like to do two different movies if we're going to do that. Usually. Yeah. Usually. Unless it just runs way too long, and then we have to cut it into two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we've only had two two-parters, and one was planned that way, and the other one very much wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I forgot. We like just talked a lot.
2: Okay. We just it went on and on about black metal. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. They're good episodes. All right. Well, we guys will catch you next time um, for something. We're not going to tell. We're, we're not going to tell you yet, but you'll see you next time. Wee. Bye.
1: Bye.